Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Emma Harvey, founder of Seven Consultancy and Robin Margetts, MD at Seven Consultancy. Seven Consultancy is communications and PR agency that do communication with purpose. They are PR and comms experts, specialists in innovation, social impact, tech and fintech. They are here today to tell us all about their mission and journey. Welcome, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you. So pleased to have you here. So Emma, you kick us off. Tell us a little bit more about Seven Consultancy and where it started. The Seven Consultancy started almost a decade ago and when I launched Seven, the idea was that I wanted to disrupt the typical PR agency model where often the person you meet isn't the person doing the work. So what started as me became a team of like senior consultants who are very flat structured in the way we work, what you see is what you get. And we work very much kind of halfway between in-house and an agency, so we're a genuine extension to a team. And what we found is especially startups and scale-ups really appreciate that kind of more consultative, closer way of working. So we work across a number of different sectors in the kind of disruptive tech area, but predominantly fintech. Yeah, lovely. And just so relevant right now, I think, as people are growing and changing the scope of what they're doing. So what do you do for your clients? So we do a varied kind of lots of different things for our clients, but mostly it's around communications and PR. So we'll be given a brief, which could be anything from I want to take my product to market for the first time. We're launching a new brand. We're looking for a new for an investment round. Or can you just get us sort of media coverage or reach different stakeholders? So it could be traditional public relations, social media, content creation, but it's effectively in most cases, raising a brand and getting products out there to ensure kind of a successful organisation. Yeah, I, I think for a lot of our clients, because they do tend to be in that kind of startup and scale up phase, it's about kind of maintaining momentum and it's not just a, a one-off moment and then kind of going quiet. I think from a PR perspective, we were talking before we started recording the podcast about how PR is a halo effect. It kind of sits above everything and it supports all the other kind of marketing activity that, that will be going on. So it's that wider brand awareness piece. And what you don't want is kind of to have one moment of that and then journalists will never hear from that organisation again. So quite often with clients, we try to find a way that we can have a steady drumbeat of news and that will be ongoing business news announcements so your appointment releases your financial reporting and results and then outside of that when you might have quieter moments within the calendar it's what campaigns can we have that sit above that that position those organizations as a thought leader in the space that they're in well, it sounds really busy, but exciting and like oh, momentum. We love it. The word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's building that momentum, building that excitement around yeah. something. Yeah, I love hearing about it. And um, so, Robin, tell me, what makes you so focused on fintech? So, I think part of the reason that we've kind of focused on fintech as part of kind of the broader positive tech disruptors that, that we look after at Seven is because of our backgrounds, even very much in financial services, and it's an area that we both enjoy but it's also an area that is really really ripe for disruption so I remember I used to work at Witch the consumer group and I looked after all of their broader personal finance stuff and that was very 
traditional personal finance and this wasn't even too long ago it's kind of like eight years ago maybe yeah. and at that point fintech was starting to come in it was starting to change things but it was very very slow in this I, I remember working on an early iteration of what is now open banking called my data yeah. and my data at the time was literally an excel spreadsheet you could download of your bank transactions and then you could take it to another provider to get them to analyze it and do something for you and it's come on so much in kind of that that space of time but it was a sector that just took a very long time to move and it definitely needed a lot of disruption and now it's it's actually kind of happening and it's making such a tangible difference to people's daily lives it's super interesting and you know what i love learning something new every day and i don't when i started in financial services i knew nothing about financial services i'd done pr agency stuff before i'd done travel and fmcg and worked on Heinz beans and things like that and so it was a really new industry for me when I came into it but I love that every single day I would learn something entirely new that I didn't know and that's really applicable to everyday life. Mm. I love that when, when people say oh I, I didn't expect this of fintech and yeah. I didn't expect to find it so interesting and I can't imagine myself anywhere else and I know Emma that's something that you're really passionate about because I think there's a real gap between the reality of fintech and just people's perception of it totally. when they're from outside of it. So yeah. what are you doing to change that perception? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's a really exciting sector, you know, and actually for the whole team, like we tend to find that the, the team that have come together typically have got a lot of experience in financial services or fintech because they've actively chosen to go into that mm -hmm. area. And I think from a comms and marketing perspective, we have such a key part to play to change the perception. So people see it as so accessible and everyday life this isn't about complicated tech that people don't understand quite the opposite we need to kind of cut through this and try and explain like to to the kind of consumers or small businesses or, or businesses depending on audiences like how accessible this actually is so for us it's a really exciting area to kind of tackle and we see lots of opportunity as well to demonstrate how fintech is sort of a purpose-led mm. kind of I suppose mechanism in some ways we launched the open up challenge for Nesta but actually we've done two iterations of it and worked with a number of fintechs over the you know the years that the open up challenge ran and the purpose behind that at the time was how do we kind of drive change for the intended audiences in a positive way using like effectively different fintech concepts and that was just a great example of how fintech has an opportunity to have so much positive change on society. Mm. So for us, that's a, that's a thread that goes through a lot of our clients. Not just how are they disrupting, but how are they positively disrupting? You know, and for us, we see so much opportunity in that space and it gets us quite excited. Yeah. It's about the impact that these fintechs are driving, not about the technology so much. Yeah. Obviously, we talk about the technology, but it's about how we use that to drive the impact. Yeah, and bringing the, the human stories out. I think the, the open app um, is a really interesting example because there was one journalist at The Guardian who wrote a piece when open banking was coming in around how fintech and open banking were going to leave behind the most vulnerable in society because they were not going to be able to be tech savvy enough to, to get on board with it and to use it and I think over the years that open banking has now been in play and as kind of fintech providers have come in and kind of utilised it it's shown that that is entirely not the case actually the opposite like there are so many fintech providers out there many of whom are our clients mm. who are doing 
something good with fintech and they are supporting those who are vulnerable in society whether that's someone who is kind of falling into the near prime segment and they can't access affordable forms of credit and then have no other option but to go to a payday lender how can we help them find more affordable responsible forms of credit to stop them getting into a debt spiral or if someone who has even kind of cognitive disabilities or mental health challenges and they might overspend at certain times mm. a month or they might not be able to control their money actually fintech and open banking has found ways to allow people to have a trusted family friend or member who can identify this behavior and spot it before it becomes an issue and support them so i think actually kind of showing how fintech has been a positive force for good in society and it's not just for mm. the financially savvy and the tech savvy i think that's really really important mm. Yeah, and you know, you both used the word accessible a number of times, which is not the perception <laughs> yeah. of it. And you know, this is something that I think you know, all, all of us in our different ways are trying to break down these barriers Absolutely. so that people see, well, actually, I am included in this, and this can be built for me. Yeah, and it's brilliant the work that you're doing, getting that out there. So, just thinking about your careers for a moment and just everything that you've done to get to this point I love asking the question around what what have been your biggest lessons because for people that listen to this podcast we'd love them to join the fintech space from a PR perspective from a tech perspective there's so many ways you can be part of this industry yeah I mean I guess fintech I think sometimes like to your point has got so many potentially negative views that it's not accessible so you know we're all collectively I think pushing those barriers down but for me, that's sort of been less of a challenge, I think, in terms of you know, like the team that we have around us. I would say like kind of my biggest lesson has been, in some respects, not to hang up too much on the product or sometimes the client or the organisation. And it's actually about the people that sit behind it. And that's, that's probably the, the kind of biggest lesson I have, which is around working with people, whether it's clients or whether it's colleagues who are kind of have similar values, are kind of ethical in their approach, are kind in the way that they work, you know, and want to do good things in society, and so they have the best intentions. And for if I know that we've got kind of clients that I, don't get me wrong, clearly we understand commercial needs, but at the same time that they've got that kind of like supported by a real kind of positive outlook on what they're intending to do for their customers, then we are so behind that, and it you know it helps us with that passion. And so for me, my biggest lesson has been around focus on the people behind the brands if you kind of get that right then I think you're kind of set up for a great working relationship yeah agreed I can't top that answer that's perfect <laughs> and I, but it is it's so so true like we have wonderful relationships with like our team because we're working with them but also our clients and it's people that you want to work with and you're passionate about but I, I think from, from my point of view one thing that I said and I, I guess I kind of talked this bit how I got into financial services and fintech to start with it was a little bit by accident so I actually I went for a, a, a role and um, I interviewed and they said to me you're actually just a bit too senior for this role but there is another role available would you take it and at that point I thought oh gosh I don't think I can actually do that job but I thought no I'll go with it they think I can do it and I took it and and kind of ran with it and fell into financial services that way but I think it's kind of it was being pushed out of my comfort zone and those are the points throughout my career every time that I have gone outside my comfort zone and tried something new that's when I've enjoyed it the most so I do and I do think financial service and fintech as a whole still does have a, a bit of a perception that it's a male dominated industry and that is true I, like obviously things are changing and the work that you guys are doing is absolutely kind of critical to kind of 
spur that on. But I think if there are any women who are looking at the sector and thinking, oh, I really don't want to get into that because it's still kind of male dominated, I'd say go with it, push yourself outside of your comfort zone. It's a fascinating sector to be in, it's so, so interesting. And what I think FinTech is yeah. like the future of so many other sectors as well. Like everything will come back to FinTech, and yeah. we're finding that in lots of our conversations at the moment with clients or prospective clients that it might sound like the solution sits outside FinTech, but actually, financial services still comes into it so it's such a exciting industry to be a part of yeah. yeah and I think from a comms and marketing perspective like that is the challenge you know if you're given what is already a very sexy say clothes brand told <laughs> go and sell it you know from a media perspective that's a bit boring isn't it I mean, it's like but actually to be given something which has got some of these perceptions attached but we need to be creative and smart about how we get that across in a unique way and genuinely stand out such an exciting brief you know mm -hmm. so for us from a comms perspective like we love that and being able to kind of yeah simplify and make it accessible and and, and yeah get responses and seeing kind of impact for the companies we're working for mm -hmm. yeah the opportunities are so plentiful like I'm yeah. starting to see just adverts on TV and on the tube in particular for yeah. fintechs and it's just fascinating the way that people are putting that together to be eye-catching and they are really ticking off some of the words that we're using accessible influential yeah. companies being able to prioritize their goals and rework out what their products are making sure that they're easy to use like it's all really really fascinating what's happening but yeah. still we face this perception challenge that we need to be breaking down but yeah. I think what I find so fascinating about what you do is that in a way similar to my job, you get to see lots of different companies, how they operate, how they support their staff, if they're really putting their money where their mouth is, you know, if they're building a product that's supposed to yeah. help people and they're purpose-led, how purposeful are they being with their people internally? Mm -hmm. So I did want to ask you, thinking about inclusion in the workplace, what good environments have you seen and worked with that, that made you think, this is great, this is something that should be repeated and replicable. Yeah. yeah. I think when we've worked with clients where you can tell that everyone around the table, no matter who they are or their level in the company, that they feel that they are empowered to have a voice and share their ideas, you can tell that it is a truly kind of inclusive environment. That diverse is just not one dimensional, there's so many layers to think about and I think making sure that you have, you're kind of ticking off all of those boxes and then at the heart of it thinking well do we ultimately have diversity of thought within the business as well. Yeah, but you're absolutely right, like people internally, that's where it starts. I mean, it's, you know, we see, we have seen organisations over time, you know, talking about the right messages externally to customers, but it doesn't start within the organisation. And I mean, again, while your work is absolutely critical, unfortunately, people often do get spurred on by targets. And I think what you're doing around driving a target is so critical and hopefully we'll get to a place where we don't need to worry about the targets anymore <laughs> but that is important to focus and actually sometimes we always say as well we know that diversity of thought is important diversity of backgrounds is important but from a purely commercial perspective we're seeing from a media side the need for diversity just even to get into media so for example Wired publication will actively say that they will put 50% of images in their publication have to be female like you know and there's they split it in other ways as well from a kind of diversity perspective so we know that if you're a fintech trying to get into wired or tech crunch or you know that actually you're if you can demonstrate a diverse leadership team then actually you know from a commercial you're going to get into those publications more likely than if you don't have that mm -hmm. so we just even on a very commercial 
perspective we're seeing you know the pressures actually coming from outside and obviously you hope that that's not what's going to be the driving force behind people making change but it doesn't hurt i love that example thank yeah, you for sharing it's, that it's interesting isn't it we've been trying to kind of look within our organization of how do we i mean obviously there's the kind of obvious diversity in terms of ensuring like you know diversity into the team but we also recognize what, what we're trying to do as well is like say well what's important to our team and how do we change processes and policies to make sure we're aligned with the people we have as well so it's, we don't just create this kind of one size fits all and we're currently going through creating a new benefits kind of package for 2023 and one thing that we've realized which is a very seven thing you can see on our website actually that most people have dogs so we're actually now building <laughs> in a paternity leave actually into our policy for next year just to recognize <laughs> yeah i mean it's just about you know actually some people if that's important, that's important to our team, yeah. why shouldn't they, you know, if yeah, they've got a puppy, yeah. spend some time off. We all know yeah. what it's like, sleepless yeah. nights with a puppy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Inclusive of all. Inclusive of all, including puppies. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what, like, I, I know we're being facetious with it, no. but, like, the reality is, like, when you notice something, let's I, I'm actually, it. exactly, I mean, that is, I'm, I'm making a fun joke about it, but actually the reality yeah. is genuinely there for us. We're like, actually, what is important to the team? And, and they are the kind of things that matter. I mean, I know, like, as joking aside, that actually it's just as stressful working out who's going to look after the dog with the kids <laughs> when you, you know, you post COVID and you're coming into the office. So actually, you know, how do we make sure that what's on people's minds is counted for? And mm -hmm. yeah, and that is to, it's another like example of kind of listening and ensuring that we don't just have this one size all approach to yeah. everything we do. Yeah, I love that you've mentioned that. I think that's a really, really great example. So. We're already here at the last question, and it's to both of you. What more would you like to see for inclusion in the space? Oh, wow. I mean, there's a lot. There's a long way to go, <laughs> let's be honest. It's a great question, and I don't think it's something that we're going to fill into a few minutes. But I think for me, this really starts from early. You know, I mean, I've got two daughters who are at school and currently don't see any barriers at all in terms of their futures. And when does that change? You know, when does when do these kind of like perceptions and barriers start coming in? So for me, it's like, we need to, you know, you're doing amazing stuff in the workplace. How do we take it down a level? And how do we ensure that whenever this stuff starts coming in and what, you know, wherever your background and you start limiting yourself or mm -hmm. thinking you can't go into certain sectors or do certain jobs, how do we deal with it then as well? Because I think it starts a lot earlier. So for me, I'd love to see some like genuine action in place around changing even education systems and I mean we're actually working with a client at the moment called Big Change who are looking at education practices mm. and how do we bring in sort of different innovations and technologies into the school system to sort of shake it up and to me that's a massive issue that exists. Mm. And one thing that Big Change is actually doing is they're looking to drive ideas from young people themselves so they are looking for people who have been in the education system more generally so kind of teachers and organisations in that space but they want to hear specifically from young people with a lived experience and I think that is what I'd really like to see from an inclusion Spot perspective. On, isn't it? I yeah. think like making sure that policies aren't coming from the top down, that they yeah. are coming from the bottom up, that businesses and organisations are listening to those people with a lived experience and making policy changes based on that. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So thank you both so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. It has been brilliant learning about your business and all the wonderful impact that you have been creating in this industry. Aww. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for us. all the amazing work you're doing as well.